Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. All right. don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings <laughs> from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt! You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Thus, in the mid-1960s, a daring band of Florida voters, led by the legendary Sam Griffith, an oft-decorated war hero, came up with a new way to challenge Poseidon's domain, with all the odds in favor of nature, not man. They call it ocean powerboat racing. It had been tried before, but never like they planned to do it. Among the group were millionaires, mechanics, and even housewives, all willing to risk their health and wealth in the sport. Ironically, the sea was not the most unknown factor. Her capriciousness had been known by man for centuries. It was himself and his nautical trespasser, the boat, that was the driver's big question mark. Could man soar and crash over the open ocean at high speed and survive? In those days, boats were made from wood and weren't designed for mile-a-minute speeds in mixed seas. Engines on hand were even more doubtful, unused to being pummeled about at high speed for hour after hour in an oft-vengeful ocean. Today, if any one person symbolizes the rugged sport of ocean powerboat racing, it must be Don Aronoff. Like his offshore machine, he's big and tough. The front runners must take chances that lesser men would shy away from, crashing over seas sometimes steeped 10 to 12 feet high at speeds nearing 80 miles an hour. Don has escaped six major motorcycle crashes, two auto accidents, an airplane crash, and a dozen high-speed boat mishaps. In short, he's battle-tested. If you expect to beat the likes of men like him in a sport like ocean powerboat racing, you'd better have guts, strength, and skill, and luck. All of us enjoy faster, safer pleasure boating because of their daring do in the lonely arenas of the world's oceans. When it all began back in 1956, of the three basics, man, engines, and hull, only man seemed ready. The engines were, for the most part, converted auto power plants. The boats were, at best, rough riding when they didn't break up. Now we have plenty of engine power, and the hulls are in the 80-mile-per-hour class. Now we worry about man. The front runners play a nautical Russian roulette, traveling so fast they constantly court disaster. Much of the advancement in engine designs has come through ocean powerboat racing, where conditions exceed the finest test laboratory. When all the salt spray settles, it's the everyday boater who benefits from the lessons learned in these rugged contests. Safety gear is a must, too. The boats are also carefully inspected before each race. Some teams even fly over the course beforehand and take a first-hand look from the air, looking for shortcuts, reefs, and sandbars. Then comes the dawn. Driver and crew hurriedly check and recheck the equipment. The real pros have it done by now. The guys who will be stranded at sea, out of gas, and with other simple ailments because of lack of preparation, seldom make the winner's circle. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hi everybody, this is Bob Marsha with Fox Sports. Normally I'm at the racetrack with the Barrett-Jackson auctions for television, but if I'm not, I'm going to be listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I hope you will too. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. 
Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you miss any of our past shows, go to our archive page where you can listen to all 420-plus shows. Anyway, we got an exciting show for you this evening. We have, yes, you know what's coming up this weekend? The 2018 Hooters Clearwater Superboat National Championship races. Now, you know what's funny? With this thing has been going on, I think, probably since 2008, 2009. We've been covering this event since 2010. That's when we started the radio show. Uh, although Bobby and I have been going there for the year or two beforehand. In fact, that's the first time I ever met Scotty Begovich. He's the throttle man for... Uh, for the Miss Geico, and Mark Granite is the uh, as the driver. You know that's the guy that hangs on for dear life on the steering wheel and relies on Scotty to throttle up, throttle down, trim the boat, and you know keep it uh, just under 200 miles an hour in a straight line. You know that type of deal. But anyway, so we got a couple guys coming on. We're gonna be talking about some of the guys because there's all kinds of classes running, obviously race teams as we call it. And uh, you got the Superboat Limited, you got Superboat, Superboat Extreme, Superboat V which is probably one of my favorite ones, Superboat Stock, Production 3 and Production 4. So over the years, we've had somebody on from, from all, all the classes. And tonight, we got, uh, we're kind of going back to the beginning here. we got a couple guys coming on from the Superstock class. And uh, it's kind of like Superstock's kind of cool because it's kind of like if I had to, like in drag racing, for example, I've always been a big Superstock fan because those are the cars that you can relate to when you see a Superstock uh, you know, Mustang, Ford, Chevelle, Pontiac, or something like that. Mopar go down the track. Well, super stock boats are pretty much like a production boat or what they call a poker run boat. And they got a pair of uh, 300 Mercs hanging on the back of them. Uh, that's 600 horsepower. These motors are sealed motors, by the way, so they can't uh, can't mess with them. So about the only thing you can do is, you know, modify your hull, your boat a little bit. You know, they you generally a lot of these guys will run skaters now, which are basically catamarans, and they're enclosed capsules, and because these these guys get going pretty good. And uh, but the motors are sealed, so the only thing you can kind of mess with is maybe you know maybe the lower unit a little bit, maybe some gearing, maybe the props and a few things like that. But when we get when we get these guys on the show, we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. So uh, uh, what's going on here? Let's do a Florida Car Shows minute or an FLA Car Shows minute uh, this weekend. The Atlantic Concourse is taking place. Uh, the Superboat races obviously is this weekend. Red Sport, if you want to make it all the way to Monterey, that's the Red Sport uh, reunion out there, and it's the 70th anniversary of the Porsche. Uh, Lake Mirror Classics coming up here in uh, next month. Uh, there's another vintage racing event up in Atlanta at uh, Road Atlanta coming up. SEMA is the big event coming up in uh, the end of the month, next month that is, beginning of November, and of course the Cigar City Concourse. So. Uh, that should be uh, a lot of stuff going on. And then, of course, you know, if you check out flacarshows.com, if you want to find out where all the stuff's going on in the state of Florida, you know, because I usually talk about some of the major events, but uh, there are some local events here in the state of Florida that take place that are a lot of fun. So, anyway, I think what we're going to do is I'm going to – now, you know I like to eat. One of my main sponsors is uh, the Rib Shack Barbecue over in uh, Largo on West Bay Drive. Now, get this. For all you car guys, this is why you need to go there, all right? The address is 426 West Bay Drive. Now, think about that for a second, 426. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Yes, Hemi, 426 Hemi, 426 Wedge, Elephant Motor. So for all you guys that are car guys, you need to go to the Rib Shack Barbecue. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, you'll probably get a free drink with your meal. With your meal, okay? Now, there's another new place that opened up. And guess what? His address has a car engine CID connotation to it too. CID cubic inch displacement, and it's called Vinny's Pizza. Okay, and if you drive by, I just saw it the other day. They just opened up on Saturday, as a matter of fact. It's three twelve West Bay Drive. Now, for all you guys that are Ford guys, you know what a three twelve is. That's a fifty six fifty seven motor used prim- predominantly in uh, in Thunderbirds and Fairlanes. Uh, the three twelve Police Interceptor was kind of like the motor back in the day. Yeah, it did beat them little Chevrolets because Chevrolet came out with a two sixty five. And I'm sure I got some Chevy guys that'll probably call in in a few minutes, griping about that. But the 312 is a pretty good motor. Uh, the Y block, as they call it, came out like in the early 50s, 52, 53, I think. 53 for sure, maybe 52. And uh, they were 292s um, and 272s. I think they were truck motor was a 272. And then I think they had a 292 in the cars. And the early Thunderbirds actually had a 292. It was an option. Actually, it was an option still until 1957. It's a C code. E-code was uh, a dual-quad car. F-code was a supercharger. And a D-code was just a regular 245 horse or 200-some-odd horse uh, 312. So anyway, so Vinny's Pizza. 
Let me give you their number, too. It's uh, 727. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what. Why don't you... Hey, Vaughn, are you listening there for a second? Go, <laughs> tune in. It's a radio show going on. <laughs> Vaughn's our production engineer. He's doing a very good job. I'm proud of Vaughn. When he first came on here, I was going, wow, this kid just graduated from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Oh, no. We're going to have to school him. But you know what? He caught on real quick. So kudos to uh, Vaughn. He's doing a great job. Why don't you go ahead and give... Is Vinny's number on there? Why don't you go ahead and give Vinny the pizza, dude? Um, a call there. Now, he's got this thing, this big sign out front. I think I wrote it at the top of the page. But I'll go ahead and give it out. So it's 727-601-1774. And uh, they just opened up. But what caught my eye, says, dollar slices. So I said, well, wait a minute. i got to have to check this out. So this was on a f- Saturday or Friday, whenever it was. So on Sunday, yeah, Sunday I drove by there. No, what was it? Monday. Monday I drove by there. I whipped in there real quick and said hi to the guys because I love pizza. And you know what I like with my pizza? I like beer with my pizza because I'm a pizza and beer kind of guy. But anyway, so for a buck, you can get yourself a, a slice of cheese pizza. And let me tell you something. It's pretty good. And uh, he can educate you on pizza. And he's from New Jersey, so it's New York-style pizza. It's pretty good. And uh, But they got a whole bunch of stuff there. As a matter of fact, I think I have their menu here. So not only do they have pizzas, of course, that's their big thing. pizza, pizza, pizza. But they got calzones. They got uh, meatball hoagies. They got steak hoagies even. And uh, they got some pretty cool stuff there. So uh, they got desserts there, too. I guess they call those things the Italian guys. If you remember in the movie, uh, what was it? Um, Let me think here. Uh, The Godfather. He had a cannoli, you know. They got all kinds of cool stuff there. So definitely check out Vinny's Pizza. So, uh, hey, Vaughn, I think what we're going to do is we're going to throw something on the uh, turntable here. And then we're going to call our guest. And uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to play one of... uh, Jason Aldean's new songs. I think it's called Light. Light. What's the name of that song, Fun? Light. Uh, Lights Come On. Lights Come On, yeah. Of course, in the old days, if you got in a brawl, it was Lights Out. But uh, this is Lights Come On. So, hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Here's little Jason Aldean. We're going to have our guest on in a few minutes. Stick around. Superboat races. Clearwater Superboat races. Hooters Clearwater Superboat races this weekend. You're cracking dome Monday morning coffee, strong corn, everything you got into a paycheck Friday night. You're power stroke, diesel, backhoe, riding, king of beers, 18-wheeler, driving, living life in between the lines of clocking in and quitting time. But then the six-string circus comes to town, we hang them speakers over the Tune into Nostalgic Video Cars, and it's time to introduce our first guest for the evening. And it's not every day we have a multi 
multi-offshore powerboat world champion throttle man on our radio show. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Gary Blue. Gary, how you doing? I'm pretty good. And I'd like to tell you that was some good music I was just listening to there. You like that? I thought that's a good song. Good recommendation. That was uh, just for you, buddy. Thank you. So tell us about, uh, you're all excited about this weekend. You're going to be tearing up the water here, creating some uh, serious wakes for us here on uh, Clearwater Beach, right? Yeah, we love Clearwater. It's uh, Spectators come out you know, on the beach there. We're able to see them during the race. And uh, I, I don't know how many years we've raced Clearwater. Every, every year that they've had it, we're sponsored by that uh, Jimmy's Crow's Nest over there. And we stay at the Pier 60 Hotel. They're just uh, really good people to come out to that race. And we enjoy going there. Excellent. Now, typically, you've in the past you've raced the uh, the uh, um, FJ, the Frank and Jimmy um, skater, thirty two foot skater, in uh, super a, super it's stock. A, I'm club. sorry, it's actually a thirty two foot Doug Wright, and uh, yes, uh, it's the Frank and Jimmy's boat. That's mine. Okay, tell now. Now I'm familiar with you know skaters and stuff like that. And I was looking it up here on the on the website, and it says Doug Wright. Now I'm not familiar with those boats. Are they made? Did I read right? Are those boats made in the, in the Midwest someplace? No, um, actually, the Midwest company is MTI. Uh, Doug Wright's built right in Melbourne, Florida. Oh, really? And uh, yes, uh, I've raced his boats for probably the last twenty years. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just left his shop. I'm towing the boat from there right now. Oh, okay. So you're uh, heading south on 95 then, right? Yes, I am. I beat the traffic. Uh, they're long gone. Okay. All right. So let's see. If you left there, you should be close to Stewart, Vero Beach or Stewart by now, right? Actually, Delray Beach. I'm almost back to Boca Raton where I live. Oh, okay. All right. So tell us about your class a little bit, Superstock class, because I was trying to draw an analogy here because I always used to like Superstock drag racing because the cars look like the cars that we could relate to you know and then i'm guessing that super stock boat racing you know i was saying that those are kind of look like poker run boats and you know they got a big pair of 300 mercs hanging off the back end of it and it's you know a fairly stock looking boat right yes and it's something that the spectators can equate to because the motors on our boats are stock 300 excesses that you can buy from mercury and they're identical to what they produce and uh, the stock on the uh, the s on the boat which it signifies means that you can't do anything to them. So uh, it's all about the guys in the boat, the driver and the throttle men, the setup. Uh, all the boats weigh the same when they come out of the water. They typically run almost identical speeds, and it's uh, pretty much up to picking the correct propeller and uh, doing everything you can to uh, have the best racing line during the race to be able to win it. Now, since the boats are pretty much evenly matched, I mean, it's not really – uh, super stock is almost kind of like you don't want to call it spec racing, but in a way it is. I mean, it's not like drag racing where you got a Ford versus a Chevy versus a Mopar, but you guys are all running 300s and you're all running Mercs. It's not like somebody's running a Nevenrude or or, or, or a different brand outboard, a Yamaha or something like that, right? Right. Everybody has pretty much an identical boat, and, and even if it's built uh, by another company other than Doug Wright, the weights have to be the same, the tunnel widths are the same. Uh, this is how we achieve parity in the class, which people don't want to see a one-punch fight. So they want to see, you know, one boat passing another boat. They want to see action, and this produces that because it's an equal playing field. Okay. Now, when you talk about setup, what all can you do to the boat physically? I mean, can you can you do a little little work on the hull, or does the hull have to be dead stock? And then outside of change, let's say maybe gears and props, what else can you do to the motors? Uh, you can't really do anything to the engines other than uh, we raise and lower the motors, you know, to get optimum uh, hydrodynamic efficiency with them. Uh, the, the biggest thing is the balance with the boat where you're able to move some weight around it. If it gets rough or if it's flat, you move weight somewhere else. And uh, it, like I say, the, the boats are so evenly matched that it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much, you know, one guy can win one weekend and another guy completely different the next. And then the next weekend, it's someone else's turn and, that's what makes it so exciting to watch, and uh, and it's fun because you know there's, there's a there's a place on the podium for everybody. Okay, tell me a little bit more about the the Doug Wright boat. I'm not real familiar with that, and how long have they been in existence? Doug Wright's been around for probably like the last 15 years. Uh, he actually was a surfboard shaper in the Melbourne area. You may remember Rainbow Surfboards, oh. and uh, he uh, wanted to get into building uh, boats. He bought a five-axis CAD machine and uh, 
I actually built the, the first uh, Doug Wright with him. No kidding. Since. Yes, he built a fantastic boat. He's, he's uh, pretty much got our class covered. Um, I do believe there's two different other. Hello? Yeah. I, I lost you there. Are you there, Gary? Yes, sir, I am. Okay. Sorry. I thought, lost, thought we lost you there for a second. Um, That's okay. Um, back in the day now, I, I know you know Jay Pellini because Jay, Jay's been around. He built Spectra boats. Was Would Spectra have been in that, his boats, Spectrum boats, would they have been in that same class as the Doug Wrights? Yeah, Doug, uh, Doug introduced a, a 30-foot boat right when Jay was getting out of building the 30s. Okay. I actually raced one for Jay. It was uh, years ago, but uh, he built a wonderful boat. It was a 30-foot boat in the class. was like the longest at the time. We've uh, since then gone to a little bit bigger boat. Because in technology, boats can be bigger and the same weight, so it produces the same speed. Okay. Now, are these hulls glass hulls? Are they Kevlar? What type of materials are they made from? Typically, the boats are carbon fiber oh, or really? a- epoxy. Um, if you want to spend that extra, you know, a little bit of money and get a full carbon boat, that allows you to uh, end up with a boat that weighs a little less than the next guy, but you have to add the weight in the boat to match everyone else's, but you're able to move it around in the boat. Uh, my boat has uh, some carbon in it, but it's, it's typically just all epoxy, and it, it comes in about uh, maybe 200 pounds lighter than what the requirement for the class is. So it affords me to be able to move 200 pounds of weight wherever I want in the boat the morning of the race to balance it for that. Okay, depending on what kind of chop you have or what kind of water you have, right? Yes. Yeah, the rougher it gets, you know, you move the weight a little bit forward, and the uh, flatter it gets, you move it a little bit back. Okay. And uh, I know you got one of my competitors listening on the other line, so I'm not going to give you all the answers. But, uh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Robert might be tuning in. He's definitely listening for sure. All right. Now, yeah. you and I were talking a little bit uh, earlier. Now, in the past, you've always been the throttle man on this boat, but you said this year there's uh, something new taking place here in Clearwater Beach. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, um, I, I typically do throttle my boat throughout the year, and Jimmy, uh, Frank and Jimmy's Propeller, who's our primary sponsor, and he's actually in the boat with me, the driver. Uh, at this particular race, um, I race overseas as well in uh, du- Dubai and China and around the world in another series uh, for a team called Victory. And Victory is uh, the biggest name, have the most accolades, and have won everything on the planet. They have uh, put two of their uh, Class 1 boats on a barge and shipped them over, and they're going to be showcased at the Clearwater race. And uh, they're going to be in town for uh, the following year, but the first race for them over here in this country in a long time is going to be in Clearwater. And I'm going to be in one of those boats, and there's another uh, throttleman, Johnny Tomlinson, that's going to be in another victory boat. So the, the two boats that they have, they're bringing – two of their Arab drivers, and there are going to be two American thrallmen. So I'm stepping out of my Frank and Jimmy's boat and um, leaving the throttle job to a very capable guy named Jay Price, and uh, he's going to handle those duties for me with Jimmy on race day. Okay. Now tell us about Class 1 boat. I'm not real familiar with that, so tell us a little bit about what that boat is, what that, what that boat well, consists well, of. Well, my stock boat's 32 feet with two 300XS outboards on it. A Class 1 boat is at the completely other end of the spectrum. It's uh, what they would call here in the United States is um, it would be Superboat Unlimited. Okay. However, an Unlimited class in Superboat, you can put whatever motors you want. You can have 2,000 horsepower or 10,000 horsepower. Oh, wow. But in cl- Class 1, which is the premier class around the, the, the globe, they limit the horsepower. So I think in an effort to build the class one here in the United States, the big class, they've all gotten together and say, look, let's all meet in the middle at 1,100 horsepower. So they have 1,100 horsepower motors in these 45 to 50 foot boats. And uh, that's going to come to some parity in that class because right now in Superboat Unlimited, you could have, for example, a boat with two 2,000-horsepower motors and a guy with two 1,600-horsepower motors. Uh, because it's unlimited, you can do whatever you want. But they want to, again, get some parity in that class. So next year, I believe they've all gotten together, and they're going to go to some Class 1 rules, or 1,100s is what I've heard. 
Okay. So both. So that's two. So that's twenty two hundred horsepower collectively for for both. Yes, motors. sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And it'll slow the boats down a little bit as well. Um, uh, right now, the boats are capable of going like one hundred and eighty miles an hour in that class, and uh, they they want to get that back down to a safer number as well, and to have some motors that last uh, longer than maybe three or four races and uh, not have to afford to rebuild them. If they detune their stuff to 1,100 horsepower, they'll be able to run it for maybe a season or two seasons without the costly rebuilds. Okay. And that'll bring the speeds probably down to about 150. Now, a few years ago, um, Miss Geico was running turbines. I think the boat from Qatar, it was a turbine boat. And I think there was one other car, one other boat. I can't remember the name of it. Outer Limits, maybe, or something like that. There was a turbine or... Um, so what, where, where does the turbine motors fit in this thing? Are they not going to run those anymore then? Or are they just, uh, is that kind of like a outdated technology now? It's, it's really not outdated, but it, it was in the premier class or let's call it Superboat unlimited. And right. there was some turbine boats showing up and Geico was like the forerunner on that. And they've done, uh, very well with those, those engines, but they've gone back to the Mercury, uh, 1650s, uh, and you know, tune those up to probably about 2,000 horsepower. That boat's really capable of going close to 200 miles an hour. Um, but what the fans want to see is a race, and to do that, they've got to get everybody running pretty much the same weights, uh, close to the same lengths and hulls. And one thing for sure is the horsepower. So they're going to bring it back a notch, and maybe the class is going to grow, which is indicative of any class that they've done that with. Uh, once they get the parity back and get it where everybody can afford to run a single power plant of the same nature as everyone else's, the racing starts to come back, and that's what people come to see is the race. Right. Okay. Now, how many boats in your field? How many boats in your class? Uh, the Superboat Unlimited class, I b- believe there's going to be eight entries or nine entries at this uh, Clearwater race that's a lot of boats. Yeah. Yes, it is for that class. It's um, it's it's a, a big number for that class, and uh, I believe in the superboat stock class we've got six enter, maybe eight, and uh, we're we're hoping for as many as ten at the World Championships, and the same with uh, superboat and superboat unlimited. They're, the classes are growing, and it really uh, grew in superboat class. Uh, John Carbonell with superboat, the uh, the organization when they went and made all the boats go to a spec motor and a spec weight, that class really grew, and that's kind of the premier class uh, right now in Superboat. Okay. All right, cool. Well, Gary, um, I want to thank you for coming on the show here and sharing some of that information. look forward to meeting you here. Um, I know I've seen you get collect many awards over the years here in Clearwater because you've always done very well. So, uh, and I wish you guys the best of luck, and uh, we'll touch base with you on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're looking forward to being there, and uh, thank you for having us on your show. All right. Well, take care. Thank you very much. Good luck to you and everything. Have a safe Cheers. trip. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mr. Vaughn, I think what we should do is fire up that stereo again. Our good friend, and uh, has been on our show a couple times, Mark Farner. And when I think Mark Farner, I think of Grand Funk Railroad. When I think of Grand Funk Railroad, I think of Mark Farner because he is definitely the founding member. Of course, he always has to say now because of whatever it is. He says, formerly of Grand Funk Railroad. But, you know, Grand Funk is Mark Farner. That was his band. Anyway, he's got a new song out now. And uh, what's the name of that song? Can't what? God, you know what? Actually, my memory is so bad. I just wrote this can't down. Can't stop. Can't stop. I can't stop not remembering things. But anyway, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Green and Cars. Stick around. we got our next guest coming on in a few minutes. Here's a little Mark Farner. Can't stop.
This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you tune into Nostalgic Radio Cars, and it's time to introduce our next uh, racing champion. He's a driver of another boat in the Superstock class. His name's Rob Understall. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Pretty good. Now, is your boat? It was funny because I was looking online, and you're out of uh, you're out of Missouri, right? I am. I'm standing here right now in our barn working on it. Well, now let me ask you a question. Uh, last year, I had somebody on the show from Missouri that he said there was like the, actually a really big marina out there. Is it Performance something marina? Uh, yeah, Performance Boat Center. Yeah. Are you tied in with those guys at all? Uh, they're they're friends of ours. They do some work on uh, on my pleasure boat, and um, they uh, they helped us initially rig the, the uh, boat, the race boat. So yeah, we we know them very well. They're friends of ours. Okay, because uh, he was telling me that that lake is absolutely huge, and offshore powerboat racing and and poker run boats and offshore boats is like huge out there where you're at. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's actually, I mean, we we boated all over the country, and it, it's by far the the best uh, powerboat lake in the country. I mean, it's it's it's, it's awesome that we got a race up there every year called the Shootout, the Shooters Shootout. We've been doing it for we just had our thirtieth uh, anniversary. And uh, just, um, uh, I think this year we had a hundred and like eight entries and all different classes. Anything, everything from two hundred and five miles an hour to hundred mile an hour pontoon boats. Wow, jeez! All right, so what's the name? What's the name of your boat? And you run a Superstock uh, class, right? Yep, yep. We run Superstock. Uh, we're real original. The name of the boat: CR Racing. Um, my buddy uh, <laughs> Casey. My name's Rob, so that's CNR Racing. Okay, cool. And Casey uh, Boaz, I guess he's the throttle man, right? He is. He is. Okay, because there's a there's a great shot of your boat on the website right in front of Pier 60, and it says CME on it, and then WIA Marine Insurance. So, right, right. They were yep. They were our sponsors last year. Okay. Um, so uh, Casey and I own the boat together, and then um, every once in a while we'll pick up a local sponsor. We don't have one for Clearwater this year. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a company that's uh, sponsoring us for all three races down in Key West. So it'll be uh, Anchors.com in uh, in Key West. Okay, cool. Now, tell us a little bit about um, how, how long you've been been racing boats. Uh, racing boats, uh, just you know, goofing around hot rod boats. You know, pretty much all my my whole adult life, but just just performance boats, doing the shootout and stuff like that. Racing the professional series of a race, and this is our second season. Last year was our rookie season. Okay. Now, Casey, the throt- my throttle man, he came and, and partner. He came out of uh, tunnel boats. He had about what Dave six seasons in tunnel boats. Maybe more. Yeah, about 10. 10, 10 seasons in tunnel boats, uh, single-engine outboard tunnel boats. 
Now, if you race tunnel boats, let me guess. Is that the ones where you kind of roll up to the line and you hang on to a ro- That's not drag racing, right? It's not the drag racing? No, it's boat? not drag. Uh, it's circle. circle. Uh, they're they're uh, little pickle spark uh, single-engine boats, uh, canopied. Um, he was running, what, 200 horse days? 200 horse series. Um, they're, 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 they're awesome. I mean, they're Formula 2 is what it's called. Wow, now that's some serious. But you take it takes a serious pair of noogies to do those. That's uh, that's that's hairy. It does. It does. does. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. So now, um, background as far as uh, boats and stuff like that. Did you? um, I mean, like, uh, you have any? Were you ever involved in like car racing or anything like that, or is it just strictly you just kind of got hooked in boats? I've been involved in boats my whole life. My father um, was in nostalgic drag cars and and, uh, whatnot when I was a kid. Oh, no kidding. Grew up around that a little bit. Yep. Yep, he had a 57 Chevy that went through about three different lives and a, and a lot of fun. <laughs> neat, neat. So what got you interested in, the, in, in this class? Um, it's a great, great entry-level class um, in terms of, um, uh, I mean, there's nothing economical about this sport, but, um, you know, we're not having to rebuild engines every race. Um, it's, uh, it's simpler in terms of the mechanics of it and whatnot. Um, we, we both have day jobs. We don't have. Uh, uh, we got we got professional crews that help us, but uh, let's say they're not getting paid what they're worth. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty much um, it's a hobby, and um, we're trying to keep it as simple as we can. And um, it's also extremely competitive with the boat being uh, the class super stock. They they're very tight on what they'll allow. So our, our motors are Mercury 300 XSs. You can't touch them. Uh, they, as a matter of fact, when you get done with the race, they pull your data card out and they analyze your rpm bands and, and make sure that you're not cheating uh we get to run a uh a custom mid-gear case and then um, we have to run stock uh stock lower units uh, mercury lower units and then um uh, specifications wise the boat has to be between 30 foot and 35 and our maximum our minimum weight that we have to weigh when they train us out is 4300 pounds so it just keeps the competition really really close on any given day it, it's really about um drive heights and props and, and boat set up in, in terms of just going out and spend the most money. So that's it's a really competitive class. It's a lot of fun. Now I'm looking at your boat here in front of the pier, and you're out of the water. So the drives look like Speedmaster 3s or Speedmaster 4s. When you're talking about raising and lower the engines, are you talking about the engine has to be in a fixed position on the transom, but you can raise and lower the drives, or can you raise and lower the motor and use different drives as well? Well, we we got to use the stock Mercury drive. Okay. Uh, but do is we can adjust that drive height in the pit um, some guy, there's one guy that runs a power jack plate but uh, we run six jack plates where we can adjust the drive height okay but, um, if we have to adjust it while it's uh, while it's on the trailer um, and then and then we have a trim uh, where we're able to trim the, the um, you know the, the tilt of the engine um, and then it's about you know prop selection for different uh, for different seat conditions okay now we just had your buddy uh, Gary on a few minutes ago and he's running a Doug Wright and I guess you're running a Doug Wright too, according to the uh, right. website here. Okay. Right, right. Now, just to qualify that, don't believe anything Gary told you. Okay, I won't believe anything he told me then. We'll just discount <laughs> it. <laughs> Actually, Gary knows a lot, and and he's really taught us a lot. He's he's a friend of ours. He's he's been great. He really uh, he recruited the heck out of us to come in in his class. Uh, he was adamant about wanting folks that uh, that love the sport and and will and will give it the time and and and. Be professional and, and not run into him just to run into him. So uh, that's uh, he's a good he's a good guy. He knows a lot. He's forgot more about this uh, this boat and these motors than we'll probably ever know. Well, he also mentioned it a little earlier when he was on the show that he actually worked with the gentleman who originally built these boats, um, who used to be a surfboard surfer out of Melbourne, Florida, and a right. uh, shaper rather I should say, and uh, and so he's uh, he's been around these boats since its uh, beginning, and he also knew Jay Pellini, and I know Jay because Jay's over here on the East Coast or West Coast with right. us. I've known right. Jay when he had his because a bunch of us used to be part of the uh, APB uh, the uh, Offshore Power Boat Racing Club that was over here because I had a, a scarab at one point and I had a little cigarette, and uh, so I'm a I'm a boat fanatic as well. And um, okay. so let me ask you this: so like so like your your boat is not I mean I I use the term skater and that's kind of like a term that's usually loosely used for you know cats basically right and right. Uh, so if you had a chance to go in p3 or p2 or the other classes this is this how much difference in cost to race 
the lower class and like the P3, which would be the one just below you. Um, yeah, and, you know, uh, those, those classes in terms of cost, it really depends on what kind of power you're running. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, if you're running, if you're running inboard power, um, the, the amount of rebuilds per uh, per season is more typically. Okay. Uh, so uh, really, I wouldn't say their cost is any more or any less. It, it really is about how tricked out they're, you know, how new the boat is. You know, some of these guys are running boats that are 15, 20 years old. They just, you know, have taken them apart and put them back together and painted them and fixed this and fixed that. Um, so we, we went into this with, we wanted to just start with a clean platform. So we started with a brand new boat and, um, and, and Doug built it for us. And we made a few modifications to, to the bottom that, that, that from his typical design, not much, but, um, and then uh, we changed some dead rise. And so we're, it's, it's pretty close to what comes out of his mold. And uh, we, we, that's where we wanted to start. But from a cost perspective, when you jump up above it, when you go into the super uh, cap class um, and then, the, the, then up to the extreme, the price of poker really goes up. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, these guys are showing up to all the races with four and five engines, and, and it's nothing to change engines uh, over the weekend and, and rebuild after every race. Um, super cats, are, they get about three or four races out of their uh, boaters. Extremes, less than that. Um, so it's, it's a lot, lot more expensive for sure. Okay. Now you talk about, you cause I asked Doug or uh, Gary this, but he didn't go into it. So now you, you touched on it for a second there. So basically you can t- you can kind of modify the bottom of the hull just a little bit. Can you play with the strakes and, uh, and yeah, you and, can, um, the, the rule book tells you, you know, basically it, they give you a, a, a length and a weight okay. and, and really regulate the power. So okay. there's other, you know, there's skaters uh, in our, there's uh, an actual, Ryan has a 30-foot skater in our class. Um, there's a New Zealand boat in our class. Um, I don't even know what the name of that hall is. Um, um, there's, I don't think there's any victories in our, but there could be down the road. There might be victories in Key West out of uh, Dubai. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we just don't know yet for sure who's showing up to Key West. But um, I, I don't. I, I'm not even 100 percent sure uh, what our fleet looks like in Clearwater. I think it's going to be five boats. Uh, last I heard, but I, I don't know for sure. You might know more than me. Oh, Gary just said about six. Six, good. So good, that's good. That's We've good. got uh, we got a, a father daughter team out of New York. I think they're going to be ready. Uh, oh wow, uh, so that's, that's cool. And they've got a brand new. You know, so now we're going to have we'll have four boats in in our class that are identical Doug Wright halls. So that's that's that, that just really makes for competitive racing. Uh-huh. That, that, that's fun. Okay, so basically, you guys like wheel to wheel racing, as they call it. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. yep. That's, now, that's fun. Now, how many events, how many venues, or how many races do you participate a year? Sure. Uh, this year we'll do. I, I think we'll do seven. Okay. Um, we started off with Cocoa Beach. Uh, we went to Lake of the Ozarks. We screwed up at the lake and rolled it. Uh, oh. We missed Sarasota because of it. And then we put it back together and went to Mentor, Ohio, Michigan City, Indiana. Uh, went up to Dunkirk and won. Finally got our act together up there. And then now we're getting ready to do Clearwater, and then there'll be the three races in Key West. Okay. When you rolled it, did you do any damage to the boat? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, was not a, it was not a good day. Not a good day. Okay. Now, uh, in terms of materials, the comp- is your boat uh, like his, a little carbon fiber, a little uh, epoxy, or is yours uh, all fiberglass all? It's a it's a little it's a little of everything. It's mostly fiberglass. It's, okay. It's vacuum packed, um, but it's um, you know it, it's light. I mean, it's, that, that that's what they do. If you have to put together a budget for a year, and and, and you can disclose this if you want. In other words, to, to campaign a boat like that for a season, um, what kind of a budget does somebody have to put together? I mean, what kind of monies do you have to get together for something like that? Because people always ask me, well, how much does it cost to race right. boats? Right. You know it. And I, I can answer that with it. It depends. Um, it depends on how bad you mess up. I mean, <laughs> our, we, we, we doubled our budget this year when we rolled the boat. Um, uh-huh. and, and it would have been a lot worse if it was in salt water. We, we rolled it in fresh water. Um, but um, it, it, it is an absolute depends. It depends on how big your crew is, how many people you bring, um, you know, how high you live at hotels and dinners. And it. It just depends a lot. Um, I, I mean, what, what, would a, what would a range be? Let's just say hypothetically, you know, a range. I mean, for the right. it, uh, hypothetically for a team to go out, not counting any of their their upfront costs, their their capital costs to, to buy the equipment, mm-hmm. but just the expense 
Um, it, you're, you're probably looking at entry fees and travel expenses and hotels somewhere around four to five grand a race, four okay. grand, grand. And then uh, you can win two grand. So as you can see, it's not an economical, uh, uh, good business venture. Wait a minute. Sounds, uh, like, it sounds like car racing. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Now, you can't you can offset that by picking up some sponsors and right. things of that nature. So it, it, when I say it depends, it, it really does. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we went up to Dunkirk, and um, uh, we, we won. And, um, it, uh, you know, we broke even. That was a great, that was a great race weekend. Uh, so, um, but uh, that don't always happen that way. So whereabouts uh, – now, I know you're, you're a rel- relatively new new uh, 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 team now. So whereabouts do you stand in the points, let's say, like this year? Because this is a championship right. race that's coming up. So do you, right. are you in contention or – Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I got to look. Um, what's been odd this year is there hasn't been that many oh. – there's only been uh, – there's only been four SBI races. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, um, we, um, we went to Cocoa Beach and took third. We um, we had, we broke our hatch in the uh, our bottom hatch in the rough water, and we had to kept we kept, kept having to stop to resecure our hatch. Now that's for um, the emergency exit, right? So our listeners yeah, know. Yeah, that was the bottom. So okay. it wasn't you know it wasn't a real safety issue. It was more of a uh, a headache than anything. We just had to stop to resecure it. Um, so uh, I I think in points we're probably in third. Uh, okay. Is and I don't think there's the combination that we could be a national championship. It, it, if the stars completely lined up wrong for the other folks, maybe, and we took first. But I, I, I have to look and calculate the points. We, uh, with having um, third in, um, um, I think we've got one second and two-thirds in SBI this year so far. Okay. So uh, we're not, uh, we're going to, we just want to go and, and have a great showing in Clearwater. And then um, we're kind of focused on getting our act together for, uh, for, for Key West. We were about a, a lap away from winning Key West last year, and uh, we had some mechanical woes, uh, a lot of rookie mistakes in terms of how we were taking care of the boat. So uh, we're we're excited about opportunities down there, but the competition is going to be it's going to be fierce. Everybody, everybody that's new to the sports, getting it figured out pretty quick. Okay. So what day are you rolling in? You rolling in on Friday then? Uh, I think I'm going to roll in Thursday night late. Um, um, well, we've got um, uh, one of our friends going to be hauling the rig and the boat down for us, and then we're going to fly down on Thursday evening, it looks like. So uh, we should get down there Thursday night and have plenty of time to goof off a little bit and test on Saturday and race on Sunday. Okay. Well, good. We'll be looking for you in the pit area down there because uh, that's, that's that's the hangout. And uh, yep. we, we got about a minute left. I was just going to ask you, um, I hear a lot about Coco. So what's Coco like? How does it compare to Clearwater? Because that's like directly across from us almost, you know, on, sure. the, on the ocean there. Sure. Yeah, you know, it was um, it was okay. Uh, it was uh, – the, the Coco Beach is a cool area. The conditions the day that we raced were awful. Um, and, you know, it's one of those you don't want to say uncle. Everybody travels from a far way away, and um, and and everybody wants to, to make that race happen. But the reality is, is we probably shouldn't have, we, we shouldn't have raced that day. It was so rough. It was at least eight footers, and it was um, and and the race course was in the surf where the waves were curling. Oh, so uh, in the in the event that we you'd have rolled over, it'd have been really difficult for divers to get to you. So um, it was it was a safety issue. That being said, you know that's this year, and it's not like that every year. Okay. Um, so we're, you know, if they have a race there again next year, we'll go. Um, if the sea conditions look identical, we'll probably uh, open up a beer and call it a day. Uh, I don't think we'll do that again. It was, it was fun. We conquered it, uh, but um, it was, um, it was some hellacious conditions. So what you're saying is they actually run the race a little bit too close to the shoreline? Is that what they do over there? They, 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 they do. Um, okay. And, you know, like that race particular with the, the surf being as, as nasty as it was. You know, we were racing in literally the curl where the, where oh. the wave was, and um, you know it was it was really easy to roll your boat if, if you if you weren't on your game. So uh, nobody did. Everybody was really conservative and did a real good job. All the all races uh, they did shorten the n- number of laps. We only ran like six laps versus twelve, which uh, was good. I think our average speed was somewhere around fifty miles an hour. We saw sixty eight one time. I mean, it was just you could keep, you just couldn't stay in the water long enough to build any speed. Wow, when you're when you're racing the Clearwater and you, usually Clearwater's got some pretty decent water, how far apart? What's the closest you've ever come to a boat when you're in the straightaway? And I know in the turns they get a little close, but let's say on the straightaway, how uh, you know setting up for that turn yeah. there? You know, it's hard to it's hard to tell. I mean, close, real close. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
maybe. I don't know. Close enough where I thought we were going to touch. <laughs> uh, but uh, we haven't. We, we're going to try to keep it that way. We haven't. Uh, we haven't traded fiberglass with anybody yet. And, um, but that being said, uh, most of the most of the folks are, uh, are are pros. I mean, they know what they're doing. And um, nobody's out there that you know. Nobody's out there. That they want to. They want to destroy their equipment. But um, things can happen. Well, I'll tell you what. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. I wish you guys the best of luck. I look forward to meeting you guys. Uh, Rob Undersall, and that is the uh, CNR boat, right? You got it. I appreciate it. We'll take care. We'll see you this weekend. I want to thank my guests, all my guests, for uh, coming on, my my boat racing buddies up here. i got a a new bunch of guys that I hang out with every once in a while, once a year down here at Clearwater at the uh, the old Moz Brothers parking lot. That's what I call it. But anyway, it's right here in the Clearwater waterfront, right around the corner here from uh, the WTAN radio station here in downtown clearwater don't forget this weekend superboat races friday saturday and sunday's the big races so friday they're going to be out there you get to meet some of the guys look at the boats check them out there's gonna be a parade i believe uh in the evening starts like at 5 30 6 o'clock weather permitting uh saturday everybody's been hanging out testing tune day sunday the races Hey, I want all my guys to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Radio Network. Don't forget to tell your friends the most fascinating legendary names in motorsports, boat racing. Hey, don't forget to check out Vinny's Pizza over here on uh, 312 West Bay Drive, 727-601-1774. I want to see some of you guys at the car shows. This weekend, I want to see you guys at the boat races. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Singing to his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen.